Warning. The following podcast contains discussion of race, politics, and other things you don't discuss at dinner parties. For sensitive listeners, all offensive terms have been replaced with nipple clamp. Confessions of two men with nothing in common but an accent. I'm James. I am Matt. And it's been an interesting couple of days, hasn't it, Matt? Yes, it has. For those of you who want to know, we're doing this episode after the elections. We're recording this on a Friday and giving you a peek behind the curtain. Oh, you're ruining the mystique. We're just actually two walking, talking donkeys. That's the <laughs> truth. You must know. Uh-huh. It's legal to fuck us in Alabama. <laughs> Remember that. But no, uh, this past Tuesday was election day. In case, you know, you happen to be a hermit or something. But if you're a hermit, why the hell are you listening to this? I think they just listen to podcasts all day. I mean, you're a hermit. What the fuck else are you going to do? You got some free time. Masturbation only takes you so far. Believe me. I know. You can only comb a beard so many times. Exactly. But um, presidential election, those are always the ones that people seem to care about whenever it's like, you know, two years ago. Some people cared about the midterm elections, uh, but really, for the most part, majority of the people are like, eh, I don't give a damn, you know. So how did you feel about this one? And were you particularly interested in the turnout? or? Yeah, I was kind of interested just to see what would happen. See, I found myself less interested in this election than anyone that came before it. Really? Mainly because it seemed kind of obvious from the onset that Obama was going to win. Yeah, um, that's what I kept saying leading up to the election. This reminded me a lot of uh, the election from 2004. Felt the same way. Yeah, people were people weren't happy with Bush, and he hadn't really done hardly anything to deserve being reelected. But still, he was better than electing, you know, Kerry as president. I feel like that held true with uh, with Mitt Romney. And who was basically just being the conservative John Kerry. Yeah. I'm not going to bring anything to the table. I'm just going to not be the other guy. It it doesn't help that, um, you know, with the way the economy is right now and how people don't like Wall Street. And, you know, they, they get this guy to run for president. His whole background was he was involved with Wall Street and taking and buying businesses and moving around like so it's like the the only way they could have done worse is if the Republicans could have like voted snidely whiplash <laughs> as president. I mean seriously. Well it was the, either that or the Monopoly man. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Uncle uh Pennybags. <laughs> but I wouldn't I don't think I'd go so that that far because I'm pretty sure people would vote for Snidely Whiplash, you know. Oh yeah that bitchin' mustache. It's been decades since we had a mustachioed president. Taft was our last president with facial hair. That fat bastard. I would say that I would vote for Snyder Whiplash just based on his platform of tying bitches uh, railroad tracks. Uh, that's something I stand for personally. I don't know about you, James. That's a job creator. Exactly. Somebody's got to untie them while old-timey <laughs> piano music plays. Yeah, I mean, and then uh, you need to manufacture the rope, you know, and you've also got to bring steam engines back into play. We're talking about millions of jobs just created right there. So, Whiplash 2016. I'm behind you, buddy. He'll twist the economy back into shape, just like he twists his mustache. (laughs) Exactly. 
you were mentioning Romney's uh, perceived pretentiousness yeah. and his fortune. Is that just me, or is he just Ted Knight and Caddyshack? <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> now I'm thinking of, like, uh, his, like, what, 12 sons, like, you know, tags, like, I want a hot dog, I want a hamburger. <laughs> You'll get nothing and like it. Spalding, get your foot off the boat. <laughs> uh, Matt Romney's, like, in the pool. Duty! <laughs> And Romney's wife is so the lady in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Mitt, come loofah my stretch marks. <laughs> no, I just want to use time travel to get Ted Knight to play Mitt Romney in a movie. Of course. I, I would I would I would love to see that. And my ideal pick for Barack Obama would be uh Richard Roundtree. <laughs> a young Richard, yes. younger Richard Roundtree. I'm gonna beat your honky ass in them poles. <laughs> I mean, seriously, if, I mean, like, if there's anybody who could play, like, the theoretical man in a 70s black exploitation film, it's Ted Knight. I know. The second whitest man that ever lived. The villainous R-Money. <laughs> With money. Pam Greer as Michelle Obama. Get your hands off me, you jive turkey. <laughs> and she kicks Ted Knight's ass while wearing a purple dress with no sleeves. <laughs> this is why... I... There should be more black exploitation in politics. There should be. If Isaac Hayes was still alive, he would have done a song for Obama. Damn right. It would have been the best campaign song ever. That's one bad Muslim. Shut your mouth. I just talked about Obama. Well, not really, because he's not a Muslim. Well, you can't prove that. Yes, I can, baby. <laughs> just breaks into Isaac Hayes debating with himself for Obama's religion. He needs to be a Scientologist, baby. It's the, the ghost of Isaac Hayes. He's enlightened now. I'll see the arrow of my ways, honey. <laughs> that actually does make me think of something. Um, did you vote, James? I did not. You did not? I was not able to. Why weren't you able to? You convicted felon? Uh, I told you to stay away from the little girls. They're the ones who wanted me to steal that car. How am I going to say no to a little girl who says that her teddy bear is locked inside of a car... I break into it, then she hits the gas pedal, and we're off on a high-speed chase. And she pulls the gun out. Shit got real, real fast. Take me to Mexico, bitch. <laughs> That's whenever I realized it was just a bearded gangster smoking a cigar <laughs> dressed like a little girl. <laughs> Baby Finster again. <laughs> but I'll say this. I myself didn't vote because... Convicted felon. Well, you know, there's double jeopardy. You can't be convicted of a crime twice, right? You know what they say? Um, That's what that Sean Connery movie said. Yes. And, of course, Sean Connery, you know, he's the expert in all things law. He was once on the Supreme Court of the United States. He's the one who decided it was illegal to give your wife a good smack on the mouth if she needs it. (laughs) Exactly. But, uh, no, the reason I didn't vote was, you know, I'm new to Georgia, so I wasn't registered to vote. You don't understand their customs. Exactly. You have to sacrifice, like, a live chicken or something. I didn't want to go through all the headaches, but actually my father was registered to vote. He wasn't going to vote at all, really. He just got registered because when he swapped over his driver's license, they registered him. So it's entrapment, like that Sean Connery movie. Yes. We'll we'll turn this into the Sean Connery podcast. I thought this was the Sean Connery cast. (laughs) Remember that time he was an Egyptian and a Spaniard? Exactly, yes. But I don't know if we can do Sean Connery cast because there's another podcast out there. As you know, when it comes to Sean Connery podcasts, there can only be one. <laughs> but no, um, with my father, uh, like I said, he wasn't going to vote. So I was like, well, I want to vote, but I can't. He can vote, but he's 
not going to. So maybe make the best of this, and I'll use him as my proxy. I'll tell him who to vote for. <laughs> I mean, I think I may have committed voter fraud. I don't know. You're using him as your puppet. You know, we went to the polling place. I was like, you know what? You can vote for whoever you want to for president because, I mean, realistically, as much as I would have liked to have voted for you know any anyone president, it doesn't matter because, as you saw, Mitt Romney won both Georgia and Alabama. Shocking everyone. Obama came close uh, four years ago to win in Georgia. He got real close. Probably the closest he, I mean, a Democrat probably ever come since Jimmy Carter. He bribed them all in peanuts. Exactly. There's uh, there was a peanut shortage in the 80s because of that. Um, Damn you, Carter, and your good intentions. <laughs> but he he ended up voting for Gary Johnson. Who? Uh, exactly, <laughs> the Libertarian candidate for <laughs> vice president or for president. So hey, he threw your vote away. Hey, don't laugh. Gary Johnson got 0.9 percent of the vote. He he was the highest third party candidate you know of the election. So he ranked slightly higher than Ron Paul, who was running as the Ron Paul candidate. Exactly. <laughs> I would say that both Gary Johnson and Ron Paul scored lower than the margin of error. So, but uh, but I told him like who to vote for in the local elections and stuff like that. You know, I was informed on some of that. So you're a puppet master in local politics as well. Well, I feel like to me, I don't know about you, but I feel like local politics are more important. You know, there's something you can impact. A lot more with just one vote. They're like, you know what I mean? I'm talking about like you picking like state representatives, Senate people, you know, that's where you get government going because, you know, the president, I don't know how you feel, but my belief is that the president just doesn't matter really who the president's going to be. Things like the economy are going to chug on regardless of who's president. It's going to be bad or it's going to go up. I mean, it, it just Pretty doesn't much. matter. Yeah. Unless you do catastrophic things like start an insanely expensive war in Iraq. But James, they had weapons of mass destruction as a fact. Saddam was hiding them in his beard. It was lice he was cultivating. <laughs> oh, God, death lice. I'm glad he's dead, that bastard. <laughs> he wore a beret all the time. That just pissed me off to no end. <laughs> it's fine to wear a beret if you're in France, but in Iraq, you don't wear a beret. Come on, dude. I like to think that Saddam was just painting all the time. He was painting portraits of Hitler, painting flowers. <laughs> uh, hopefully his paintings are a lot better than Hitler's. Oh, God. Have you seen a Hitler painting? Yeah. I imagine, the perspective is all off. I think what happened is when he was a young man, he sent like some of his paints off to be critiqued by a Jewish art critic. You know? <laughs> and he just ripped him a new one. He said, all right, okay, I'll remember that. Well played, Jew. Jews won. Hitler nothing. We'll see how it comes out in the next 40 or so years. You ever hear of the movie Max? Uh-uh. It's essentially that. Really? He doesn't have the mustache, though, so it's not as funny as you think. Oh. Yeah. Mustache, that's, that's 90% of Hitler's humor right there. I know. I would love to see the adventures of young Hitler just getting in outrageous situations with that mustache, like an evil Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> but, um, but what were we talking about? I forgot. We were talking about the election. I have a question. What was the exact moment you realized Mitt Romney was Mitt Romney? What do you mean, like he was going to lose, or do you mean like he's... Uh... That and just that he was a cartoon character. I don't know. I think it was probably about the time that... Do you remember that video that came out? Uh, like someone had recorded like a Republican fundraiser, like a, with a little shaky cam. It was like the Blair Witch of politics, you know? <laughs> 
Paul Ryan was his nose was running all over the camera. It was weird. <laughs> but um, but in that video, if you didn't see it, he talked about how like forty percent of Americans were um, dependent on the government for welfare for aid, and they weren't gonna get off welfare. They weren't gonna get off aid because they were lazy and good for nothing. He pretty much just said, you know, black people. That's pretty much what he meant. That was about the point that I knew that this guy is not really so much a person as he is a character from one of Charles Dickens's <laughs> books. You know, I'll get to that Obama kid. I just imagine like some little black kid comes to him, please, President Romney, I want some more, more. And he pushes him out of a moving car. He cancels all of the government's porridge programs. I had a similar moment with Mitt Romney, but it actually happened in the last election. Mm-hmm. It was that infamous video where he's at a fundraiser or something, and he's talking to a bunch of small black children, and all of a sudden he says, Oh, who let the dogs out? <laughs> it's like not even like thuggish-looking black kids, just a bunch of small, adorable children who happen to be black. Oh, my God. And Mitt Romney's first reaction is, oh, rap music. That sounds like something that, you know, like a uh, like a black standard comedian would do, like when they're doing like a stereotypical white guy. <laughs> that sounds like Dave Chappelle's impression of a black guy. Exactly. But I guess in the end, that's what Mitt Romney is. He is white. I mean, you look <laughs> up white people in the dictionary, it's like a picture of him like waving back at you. It's the, he's the Neil Gaiman personification of whiteness. Exactly. <laughs> dream is dream, death is death, Mitt Romney is white. <laughs> Mitt Romney is part of the endless, I knew it. <laughs> well, he's actually destiny. <laughs> and he peels back the hood and it's just Mitt Romney. <laughs> chained to his book. <laughs> the Book of Mormon. <laughs> it said he had to run, even though he was doomed to failure. Yes. But, um... Speaking about the vote, there was – I told you my father went in to vote for me, and uh, he he talked about he, – he went in there. No, I didn't go in there because you know, I I didn't want to say, hey, you vote for these people. Like, right. <laughs> the, the, I order you to vote. <laughs> but um, I waited outside for him. He went in. He told me, like, he had to go to, like, to a church a few miles down the road from where we live. To cleanse himself of Obama. <laughs> but uh, that's where the polling place was. Um but he talked like the churches, all the like the ladies and the, the working the polls and stuff at the at the church were black ladies, and he had this compulsion. He told me he had this compulsion when he got into the voting booth to like look down at the ballot, and just yell at the top of his lungs, "A nipple clamp!" Since when the fuck did they elect a president who was a nipple clamp? I'll be goddamned if I vote for a nipple clamp as president. I get cryogenically frozen for four years, and this is the welcome I get. <laughs> but, yeah, he told me he probably wouldn't have made it out of that polling place alive. Well, the fucked up thing was all the pollers were black, but they were in a Mormon church. So you didn't know <laughs> exactly. what to think. I didn't think about that. That's something I just thought about. Have you ever – I think we may have talked about this before, but are there any Mormons, like, around where you live now? I, I don't think I've ever seen a Mormon church. Me neither. Uh, Baptists kinda, are kind of aggressive. I think this is like our territory. Yeah, I'm kind of getting a little suspicious now. I think there was a Baptist Walter White that cornered the Methodist leader in a supermarket. <laughs> this is our turf. <laughs> we get stuck on Breaking Bad. We'll talk about Breaking Bad all day. There'll be there'll be the 
the second paradigm shift of this podcast turned into a Breaking Bad one. Oh, wouldn't it be cool if Sean Connery was on Breaking Bad? Oh, my God. Oh, oh no. It'd be Walt's father. <sighs> I need to go get a, a rag and clean up my crotch. So it seems they're calling you Heisenberg now. What, was Walt not good enough for you? <laughs> please, Vince Gilligan, if by some happenstance you're out there listening, please. Contact Sean Connery's people, fly out to his castle in the Scottish Highlands, make this happen. Even if you have to fight him in hand-to-hand combat. You can do it. You're a big guy. I've seen you before. I don't think that Sean Connery just dresses like the gladiator from Time Bandits whenever he's not <laughs> shooting a movie. <laughs> just challenging people in Scotland to fights every day. Come on, motherfucker! Bring it on! You think I'm an old man? We'll see how old in the octagon! He just throws spears at passing airplanes. You think oh. being a mile high protects you from my fury? Oh, no. The middle image I have in my head. Damn you. I cannot get that out. So politics, Matt. Yes, politics. Um. So you're the puppet master of Lincolnton, Georgia. Potentially, maybe. I'm in that. I'm in that uh, metaphorical smoke-filled room. You know? <laughs> You're a one-man Illuminati. Exactly. I confer with myself. <laughs> Before the mayor makes any decisions, he has to contact Johnson. Nick him with the Coelius like Heisenberg. I'll work on it. Contact the bogus bird man. <laughs> but uh, talking about the presidential race, um, there's something that I noticed a very distinct amount of leading up to election day and especially on election night was racism by people on facebook uh people that you know people i knew people i went to school with and stuff you know slandering the president you know because of how the election was going you know and they were all most of them were simple you know oh we're gonna be fucked for four more years oh this guy sucks you know they're not too bad they didn't most of them didn't bring race into it i'll give them credit but there was one thing someone posted that just, well, to give you some backstory, this guy, I've known this guy, we were in high school together, and I've known something was up, it just seems like, you know, I'm fine with someone being, like, you know, conservative, whatever, I mean, I'm more moderate, personally, I'm not hardcore, either way. He smelled um, that something was racist in the state of Georgia. Exactly, but, like, I, I thought something was out, because, like, a couple weeks ago, or a month ago, um, I saw he posted something on Facebook talking about, uh, he went hunting, deer hunting. And he didn't see anything. And it's going to sound like a joke, but he seriously blamed Obama <laughs> for him not finding the deer. So the deer were terrified by a black president, so they're not coming out anymore. Exactly. But as crazy it was, you know, I saw like the, the weeks leading up to the election, he you know, was making all kinds of stuff like, oh, you know, they'll, you know, talking about welfare and stuff. I, I pay my taxes. I shouldn't pay for anyone's Obama phone or uh, <laughs> Obama check. He just put, it was just lazy. He was putting Obama in front of stuff. The Obama phone. The Obama phone. Just a red phone that's in everybody's house. They pick it up and it gives them a direct line to Obama. <laughs> Obama, the Riddler's loose again. I'm on it. Um, to the Hope Mobile. <laughs> now I'm thinking, now you got me thinking of Joe Biden in short shorts. <laughs> if there's any other 70-year-old man who could pull off short shorts, I think he's the only one. But, uh, no, uh, Saturday, he was saying, you know, change your clocks Sunday and change our president on Tuesday, you know. I've actually I've, seen that image passed around. Yeah. But then, Tuesday night, as the election results were coming in, 
And uh, it looked more and more like that Mitt Romney wasn't going to win. Uh, you know, Obama was racking up states, and he was getting electoral college votes, which is something that, I mean, I don't really agree with necessarily the, the voting system, the electoral college and stuff. I don't think anybody does, really. No. But, Except uh, for the people running things. Yeah, but this guy, he posted on Facebook. I just had to laugh because that's the only thing I could do. He posted this. This is a direct quote for what he said. Red states are for rednecks. Blue states are for blue gums. What? Yes, and I, I know there's probably some people out there who don't know what a blue gum is. Have people used that expression since Victorian times? I don't know. That's what I just I just had to laugh. But um, but for those of you who don't know, a blue gum is a racial slur. For a black person, um, it's supposed to be that their gums are so black that they look blue. I don't, I don't get it, but it's a racial slur. It's not supposed to make sense. But here's the thing, though. He posted that. No one commented about it. You know, I figured someone would say something about it, but he got five likes <laughs> on that update. They were just glad he was bringing that ancient racial slur back. Exactly. He's bringing it back for white people. I'm a blue gum and proud of it. I don't know about you, James. <laughs> he starts taking requests for other old-timey racist remarks. <laughs> Say something about German immigrants. Krauts. Say something about those Irish. Yes. Those lazy mix. They need to be taught a lesson. They're getting, you know, they're too uppity. We can't have one in the White House. He'll be taking his orders from the Pope. <laughs> um... But I just, like I said, I just saw that. And I just there was nothing I could do but laugh, just by how insane it was. That this, I mean, I mean, I just uh, it. Even now, trying to describe it, you know, just left me speechless. So after you added him to your close friends list, <laughs> what'd you do? Nothing. I mean, I just said, ah, screw it. You know, I mean, the election's over. People are going to bitch and complain, but you know, like I seen saw saw something the next morning. A lady I used to work with, she said, um. Well, at least the bright side is he can't be elected twice. <laughs> or he can't be elected again. And then I saw someone post, like, you know, looks like the HNC is still in office. And HNC, if you didn't know, is an acronym for Head Nipple Clamp in Charge. Well, at least they respect his title. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I, honestly, personally, between you and me, I would love to have that title. Who wouldn't? <laughs> That's something that I've thought about. Like presidents, you, I think you have to be insane or just a rampant egotist to want to be president. Pretty you know, much. knowing all we know about the president, how hard they work, how much shit they get shoveled on them, you know, and how just people hate them, you know. You have to be a psychotically goal-oriented sociopath. And that's why I think that the ideal candidate who was ever president was Nixon. <laughs> I mean, seriously, Nixon, I mean, say what you will about Watergate, Nixon was a very efficient president because he knew how to get shit done because he was a bastard. Nixon was essentially Lex Luthor. Exactly. That's what we need. We need a supervillain in office, and that's partially one of the reasons why I wasn't necessarily opposed to Mitt Romney becoming president. <laughs> president Ted Knight. <laughs> I did think that during his concession speech, he was on a yacht that was then sunk by Obama. <laughs> he started crying. Obama sent him like a picture of him burning down like five of his mansions. Like he just <laughs> thumbs up in front of him. But here's something I've been thinking about a lot recently. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, well, they've lamented the fact that 
we haven't really had a president that people looked up to as a leader since JFK. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Some people look a lot, a lot of Republicans looked up to Reagan. They still look up to Reagan. Reagan was kind of like he him and like FDR are like the saints of both sides, you know. Even though FDR is a bleeding heart liberal by their standards today. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. By the, I mean, seriously, the freaking parties have changed so much. That's one thing that I've always talked about. Like, or I've talked about like why it doesn't matter how you vote because essentially, except for like social issues. The Democrats and Republicans are the exact same. Pretty much. They both want as much power for themselves as humanly possible. Well, and I mean, they both take money from Wall Street interest people. They, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, it wouldn't have mattered who president, who the president was when that uh, economy thing happened four years ago. Democrat or Republican, it would have happened because they're both, like I said, the same, essentially the same party as far as like economic values go. It's just red versus blue. Yeah, that's all it is. Now, personally, I think one of the reasons that people don't seemingly worship presidents like they used to and look up to them in almost a paternal way is because, as a people, we've kind of moved past the need for that. I think society has moved past the need for leaders, to be honest. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're blowing my mind, dude. I mean, in Lincoln's day... Yeah, we needed the president to stand up and be a leader because half the country was illiterate. <laughs> yeah. But these days, I think what a politician should be is just a tool. <laughs> yeah, you well, you elect this person because you want him to vote and veto certain things. Yeah. You're not expecting him to stand up for everything that's good and right in the world. He's just yeah. a tool, a means to an end. Yeah. I think it's up to individuals to affect real change. Like with gay marriage, there's never going to be significant change in that until you change the culture, until America is overwhelmingly in support of gay marriage, yeah. and then the government is not going to have any choice but to go along with it if they want to make their constituents happy. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying about the leadership thing. That's, I mean, that's that's a really good point. I haven't necessarily thought about it. Well, I haven't thought about it from that angle. My angle has always been like I think that the reason the president isn't looked up for a leader is because like um. A lot of people have said, like, Watergate, you know, showing you what the president did and the way he abused power and the way Nixon bullied and bought off people to try to get reelected. It kind of – it made the president human. You know, it brought yeah. him down. It shattered a lot of illusions about the office of the presidency and the moral fiber of the men who sought office, you know. I'm not saying that anyone before Nixon was perfect because, I mean, Kennedy was a sex addict. Harry Truman – was a borderline racist. Andrew Jackson was essentially Vlad the Impaler. Exactly. Andrew Jackson committed genocide against Indians. And murdered several people in duels. <laughs> because he could. But I think the seal of the presidency helped put a positive spin on that. But what Nixon did in the present times and of the, the way people were already jaded about Vietnam and the way the government did – during that time, it just it shattered any illusions anyone had of the presidency, and that's why I think people constantly scrutinize every decision that's made. I mean, that's not saying they didn't scrutinize it before, but it's just done to the nth degree now that you know no one really looks up to them because there's no one, very few people are actually trying to be positive about you know the president and the job that they're trying to do. Everybody's just so jaded now. It's like as a country where. A guy who's had his heart broken a few too many times. Yeah. 
Obama made promises, and then Bush made promises before him, and Clinton, and... And, and we want to like this new girl. I mean, she seems cool, but she's a girl. <laughs> and we know it's a little sexist, but can you blame us? <laughs> but uh, going back to the election, one thing that fascinated me about this that I didn't even realize until it was over is that it seemed to be the election where every surviving hippie in America came out to vote. Because look at some of the other things besides electing Obama we did. Pot was legalized in Washington and Colorado. Woo! And Maine and Maryland legalized gay marriage. Good for them. Illinois elected a half-Thai woman with two prosthetic legs. <laughs> oh my god, that sounds like... Oh, that, Wisconsin elected the first openly lesbian senator. And Texas elected a hot, pansexual Latino woman. I need to run for Senate. Especially, especially that, that Thai woman that doesn't have any legs. And all the rape dudes lost. Rape is a gift from God guy lost. Some <laughs> girls rape so easy guy lost. Legitimate rape guy lost. Hooray for vaginas. Ooh. This is like the most awesome election ever. I think, I mean, seriously, people say what they will about the president and if he deserved a election or not. But you look at some of the issues... That got passed. I think this is this election was very telling on where we as a nation are headed because people, like you know, as people our age start to get to vote, you know, you'll see more stuff that wouldn't even pass, wouldn't even been thought of passing twenty years ago, will slowly get passed because you know, all the older, more conservative people, they're dying. I mean, this is, I mean, this, you know, every four years there are less and less old people. Or I mean, they're more old people, but more liberal old people, I'd say. You know. I mean, just think, in a few decades, somebody from our generation is going to be a member of the Supreme Court. Oh my God, it's going to be you, isn't it? You're going to set us back a hundred years. <laughs> Surprise, motherfucker! Oh yeah, um, the whole 16th Amendment about overturning slavery. Whoops, I overturned it. Civil rights. I got the right to start another civil war. Yeehaw! That's right, I'll be president of the Confederacy. You want to... You want to uh, <laughs> Do you want to be in my cabinet? Uh, what position? I tell you, I'll give you first dibs on anything you want. Secretary of Education. Dear God, you were the one yes. who didn't. You didn't know. You didn't know that the election was the first Tuesday in November. I didn't say it would be a good education. Well, it'd probably be a step up from the education the South <laughs> has now. If I went to those classrooms and just played them tapes of old Star Trek episodes. That would be a better education than most public schools. At least they'd learn to accept people of all creeds and colors. There is one question I have before I approve you as Confederate Secretary of, of Education. What are your thoughts on improving Mississippi's education? No. <laughs> You're hired. I have my first cabinet member. I need to go buy a suit. <laughs> but yeah, uh, there, I mean, you know, the presidential election option was a big one, but. Um, there was a local election down here that I, I watched because just how insane it got um, for people scrambling for votes. Um, it was for the – I want to say it was for the 12th district, and that's for uh, House of Representatives. And there's been a guy who's been in the 12th district now for six or seven years, uh, probably eight years because you know House of Representatives, you get reelected every other year. And his name is John Barrow, and he's from uh, around Savannah, and he's a Democrat. And a couple of years ago, or last year, the districts were redrawn. And so he lost like all the inner city people from Savannah 
who were Democrats, you know, all the urban people. And now he, his his district was mostly rural, except for like Augusta. And so that didn't really bode well for a Democrat. And the guy he was running against was from Augusta named Lee Anderson. I wanted John Barrow to win just because I didn't like Lee Anderson. And I think the reason why is because he looks like somebody. And I'm going to show you his picture right quick. And tell me if Lee Anderson does not look like a certain Soviet dictator. Oh, my God. Doesn't he? Okay, okay, that guy went to a Halloween party, entered the costume contest, dressed up as Joseph Stalin. Exactly. He is Joseph Stalin reincarnated. Right, just look at the self-satisfied smile that isn't really a smile. I mean, where are his eyes? That's what I want to know. He looks like a botched clone of Joseph Stalin. Like they looks gave like, up on Hitler after all these years and just made another Stalin. To me, it looks like if Joseph Stalin loved up a Chinese woman. <laughs> Is it possible that's just a Chinese woman dressed as Joseph Stalin? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, Chinese women can grow great mustaches. So, hmm. But this guy, like I said, the main reason I didn't like, like him was because he looked like Joseph Stalin. Secondly, like he would never like debate... The Barrow guy he was running against because, you know, hey, I'm pretty sure this guy was like half retarded, Lee Anderson. Because any time that I, they interviewed on local news, he would just stumble and bumble his way through interviews, you know. Well, he can barely speak English, man. <laughs> and Soviet Union house elect you. <laughs> his speechwriter uh, is Yakov Shmirnov. <laughs> um, and like any time someone would mention like the guy he was running against, he's like, yeah. I don't want. I want to win because this guy supports Obama. That was pretty much his whole campaign was, don't vote vote for me because I hate Obama. And you would think down here that would work. I don't know. That's not exactly a rare commodity down here. That's true. But like I said, the guy he was running as Democrat in a highly Republican conservative district. So he tried to appeal by showing that yes, he was a Democrat, but he was also moderate. He was independent, more independent than anything. And he had this ad where he talked about guns, and there's going to be a link in the show notes. I don't know if you've watched it yet, but um, he just – it's very its very ominous at the end. I'm John Barrow. Okay, I think this guy is middle-aged. before I was born, <laughs> my grandfather used this little Smith & Wesson here to help stop a lynching. And for as long as I can remember – I've tried I've to make up for that mistake. This rifle, real handy, <laughs> just to keep us safe. That's why I support the Second Amendment, and that's why I'm proud to be endorsed by the NRA. I approve this message because these are my guns now. I adopted them. And ain't nobody going to take them away. <laughs> it's pretty much what he's saying is, anybody tries to take my guns, I will shoot you in the face. I don't understand how those two things went together. My grandfather stopped a lynching. That's why I have this gun, in case they come back for him. <laughs> Um, that's what I'm saying. This guy was the Democrat, you know, the liberal of the race. Is there really a liberal in Georgia? I don't know. The closest thing we had to a liberal was Jimmy Carter. Well, technically he was part of the peanut party. He wasn't really a Democrat. <laughs> that was a precursor to the Tea Party. But, um... He was in the pocket of Big Peanut. <laughs> Mr. Peanut was his puppet master. He wasn't in the pocket, he was in the monocle. <laughs> but, no, uh... Like I said, this race was, I mean, it was just, I mean, attack ads left and right, you know, especially from Lee Anderson. He just kept saying, you know, he supports Obama, you know, vote him out of office. 
He has all those guns, and he's not going to shoot Obama. <laughs> exactly. Waste of resources. I'm Lee Anderson. I will shoot Obama in the face if I ever <laughs> meet him. That's my guarantee. But no, election day comes, and John Barrow wins pretty handily. He wins. Not only does he carry like his own part of the counties where he he's from, which he's expected to carry, he carries all the counties in like right in and around Augusta where Lee Anderson's from. He kicks that guy's ass. And sends him back. I'm I'm glad for it just because it seems like to me, just when I've seen John Barrow seem like he was actually talking about the issues, he was actually more willing to uh work with Republicans and Democrats, you know, as opposed to being, you know, polarized and being hardcore right wing and saying fuck you democrats you know i ain't doing shit for you you can't do shit to me blah 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 blah. that's what republicans do now pretty much i can't hear you i just shit my pants barack obama (laughs) fuck you gonna do Um, that's what john boehner said their agenda for the next four years was (laughs) we are all going to shit in our pants and barack obama will not be able to do a damn thing about it and he smacked his gavel dramatically then cried uh-huh. a single tear. <laughs> um, and there was a, another race for representative, um, Georgia's 10th congressional district. And this congressional district actually is where – the I'm in the 10th congressional district. Um, and the guy running for office – he's been in office for about five years now. Uh, his name is Paul Brown. And I've met him a few times back when I was working in news. He would come to Elberton, and I'd interview him. And uh, – he ran unopposed, but there was a nice little thing that happened. Uh, there was a, a big writing candidate in and around Athens where Paul Brown's from. 4,000 people, instead of voting for Paul Brown, they voted for uh, Charles Darwin, <laughs> the Theory of Evolution guy. And there's a reason. No, I thought it was the band Charles Darwin, <laughs> who rocked pretty hard in the 80s. <laughs> um, the reason why they did that is because there was a tape floating around of Paul Brown. And uh, he was in uh, Hartwell, only a few miles away from uh, Elberton. And he, there's this video of him at a church speaking. And he said that uh, in the church, he said, he said evolution and other areas of science were quote unquote lies straight from the pit of hell. <laughs> let, let me remind you about Paul Brown. Paul Brown, prior to becoming a congressman, he was a doctor. <laughs> I mean, he... I was a pawn of Satan for far too long, but now I have seen the light. <laughs> he graduated from Georgia with, you know, a degree in chemistry, and then he went to Medical College of Georgia down in Augusta, and he even, like, he was a resident in Alabama, at a hospital in Alabama, prior to becoming a congressman. And... Where he learned that there were no laws down here. <laughs> exactly. I think that's Laws what of science, him. laws of man. That's what turned him. He, the, he, when he said pit of hell, he meant Alabama. <laughs> um, like I said, they were trying to get people to, like, there was a campaign to vote Darwin. Because, I mean, Athens, I don't know how it went countywide or district-wide with people voting for Darwin. But I figured probably the most of the votes he got was in Athens because Athens is more, I know this may sound funny, but Athens is like one of the more progressive cities in the states in the state of Georgia. Um, so they allow gay people to drive. Yes. You don't have to wear a burqa. You know, they're big. They're big on Christian burkas down there for some reason. Um, but Athens, like you know, they've got the University of Georgia there. That college life promotes all kinds of rampant liberalism. You know, godless. So many berets. Dear God, I went to Athens one time. The berets. That just. <laughs> I, <laughs> you just broke down and cried right <laughs> inside your truck. Why, God? Why? 
Um, How could you have created this place? But um, I thought that was just interesting that you know they they got so many people to vote for Darwin just to show you that not everybody you know in the state of Georgia are a bunch of Christian Bible thumpers, you know. Well, the joke's going to be on them whenever the zombie of Charles Darwin shambles into the mayor's office. His platform, brains. Highly evolved brains. Politics, Matt. Yes. A complex subject. Too complex, would you say, for one episode? Wait a minute. Is this going to be a cliffhanger? Indeed it is, Matt. There's something, before before we go, James, there's something I need to tell you. What? I had a twin brother once upon a time, and the last I heard of him, they shipped him off to Alabama. What? Around the Mobile area, to be exact. Also, what? Tune in to the next episode of Below the Bible Belt for the shocking conclusion. And here it comes. Okay. Here's Mitt Romney. Just a short while ago, we're told he called President Obama and conceded. Here he is walking out onto the stage in Boston with his supporters, Mitt Romney. It's easy to grin when your ship comes in and you've got the stock market beat. But the man worthwhile is the man who can smile when his shorts are too tight in the seat. <laughs>